This is a Power Chat episode number 359 with Sarah Davidson on Embracing Uncertainty. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. Welcome to another episode of Power Chat. Today, I have a question for you first up. This year, have you felt sucker punched by all the uncertainty that's been going on in the world? If you have, like most people, you're going to love this uplifting conversation with one of my favorite people, Sarah Davidson former lawyer turned full-time entrepreneur, author, speaker, and founder of Matcha Maiden. In this episode, Sarah reveals the surprising techniques and mindset shifts she used to embrace uncertainty, even though she's a type A like me who loves having a plan and a schedule. From the importance of letting go to why discomfort is key to growth to overcoming fear of the unknown, this episode is packed with important ahas and tactics to help all of us survive and thrive during even the most turbulent times. Let's bring on Sarah and dive right in. Davidson, my beautiful friend. I am so excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, my love. It's so, so wonderful to see your beautiful face. I wish I was there in person, but this is the best we can do. Exactly. I was thinking about how and when we first met. And my story is we were connected through someone and I can't remember who, but the first date we ever had was at a cafe, an organic cafe in Sydney, in Bondi. And that was the first time we met. And I think that was the first time we actually met. And I remember being like, this girl is a goodie. She's going to be a solely for life. I just remember we were introduced by someone else. And then the whole conversation, it was just us two chatting. And we sort of were like, oh, no, the poor middle girl, like middle man. (laughs) getting along like a house on fire and then afterwards we stayed really strongly in touch and I was like oh sorry I just wanted to your best friend but what happens with your soul leaves totally that is what happens and I have loved watching your journey you know I think we've been friends for maybe five or six years now and I've loved watching your journey I've been at your wedding we've been through so much together and I'm so excited for this conversation and everything that you're doing at the moment. You've got a new book coming out. Your podcast is killing it. You're just like killing it in so many areas. But today, I want to get your perspective on uncertainty because there is so much going on in the world right now with coronavirus, with all the anti-racism stuff that's going on. There is so much uncertainty. And I know for people like you and I, these type A driven, overachieving people. We like certainty. 
we like all of our ducks lined up perfectly in a row and we're a little bit maybe on the controlling side. And so when things are uncertain, it can feel really uncomfortable. So I want to hear, like, how have you navigated uncertainty and can you give us any tips? Absolutely amazing question. I think it's the the question of the hour at the moment for all of us. And just reflecting even on our relationship, how, how much we've been through, how much has changed and how much I thought that starting off as a corporate, I think I'd only just left corporate when we first met. You've been such a big inspiration to me in the world of embracing change and agility and adapting to you know, going from a world where I had a 10-year plan to sort of not even having a 10-minute plan, or <laughs> yeah. like a you 10-day know, plan, I don't even know day to day what's going on. I really thought that going into a situation like isolation and the sort of crazy whirlwind that 2020 has been, I thought I was ready. I thought I was good at uncertainty. I thought I'd spent the last five years doing enough self-work and learning to embrace discomfort and see the silver linings. I was like, I've got this, I'm fine. And then it happened and it gets put to the test and you realize actually humans are creatures of comfort. And even if we do live a life now that's a lot less full of routine and structure than it used to be, I still wasn't really ready for not having any idea what the next couple of months is going to be like, having no routine, having no clear directional pathway and having everything that you were holding attachments to for what you thought 2020 was going to be you know it was like a new new decade we did all this you know all these new year's resolutions at the start of the year and I just had such a clear idea of what this chapter would be and having to let go of that and having to rejig sort of overnight it wasn't even just the changes in our business financially or structurally it was also just emotionally sort of who am I when I'm not out and about who am I when I can't bounce off humans and when I'm just being a sloth like you lose your sense of identity really quickly and it's been and to build it back up again one of the many things that I love about you is you are a people person you know we love that human interaction we love that connection that we get in person with people that no amount of video calls can really replace And I think definitely over this time of uncertainty, not being able to know when we're going to see family and friends, it's, it's been full on. And also knowing, you know, having done the work over the past few years and learning things about like getting really self-aware about what my love languages are, what the basic routines and rituals I need to manage my anxiety, to feel productive, to feel energetic, having them all slip away you sort of think, if I'm not a hugger and I'm not physically touching people, how am I expressing love? How am I expressing myself? Like you just feel really constrained. It's almost like losing one of your five senses to not be able to interact with people that way and still feel like your life is full of love or joy or or whatever. But I think the other thing I've realized is that a realization I didn't expect to have in the midst of all this change and uncertainty was I thought I was a people person all round. I thought I was an extrovert in how I express my energy, but I also thought I was an extrovert in how I recharge it. But what I've realized is you can be both. You yes. can be an extrovert in how you express your energy, but you can be an introvert in how you recharge it. And that's been my huge, like, I would never have called myself quiet or introspective or a hermit. But now that I've done it, I'm like, I always have been a hermit. That's how I build the energy and refill the cup 
to go back out and having done it now all day, every day, I'm like, this is the best me when I let myself not be out and about expending and I let myself just be a, a sloth who has no social interaction for days at a time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very much like that too. Like I definitely get full by going inward and time by myself and having baths with Epsom salts and essential oils. And I think I've called you from the bath sometimes. I've answered the phone to you in the bath before. <laughs> in fact, yesterday, I think I've, I've realized having no structure doesn't serve me. I thought yeah. I would love it, but I need some routine. But there's a, a nice middle ground where, you know, never before have we been forced to spend time at home and forced to spend a little bit of extra time on self-care and things mm. like baths. And I don't want to look back and think when life goes back to normal that I didn't make the most of that weird sort of dichotomy of like life is quiet but also busier and you still need ways to to feel good. So I actually had a bath at 11.30 a.m. yesterday. Oh, I just feel like one and what's stopping me? <laughs> you rebel. You are such a rebel. I'm a badass now. <laughs> I'm an introverted, bath-taking, hermit crab of a woman. I love it. I love it. So what can we do when we are faced with uncertainty? If someone is feeling like really wobbly right now, what tips, advice, how do you approach it to move through it? And, you know, like uncertainty kind of can slap us across the face when we least expect it as well. Like, you know, there could be a death in the family, then everything kind of gets flipped up in the air or, you know, something else might happen. You might have to move house very quickly. Anything could happen at any moment. So what advice do you have for navigating and moving through that? I think the two big things that I had probably been realizing before this and now it's it's really crystallized for me one of them is a quote and you know you know I'm obsessed with quotes and they're usually my strategy for getting through anything loves a quote loves a quote <laughs> <laughs> one of them is the idea that we are all going to react to uncertainty and adversity in completely different ways at completely different rates and paces so while some people seem like they've recovered really quickly but that makes you feel you know crap about yourself because you're still feeling uncertain and messy and confused I think just be gentle on yourself as you move through the stages. It's almost like grief. You have to go through denial, confusion, acceptance, and we're all going to go through that in different orders and at different rates, and we're going to need different things to restore some sense of normality, and it's it's all going to be a bit of an experiment while you figure out what that is. And so being gentle with whatever your pace is has been really important for me, and there's a quote that I really love coming back to the quote, I already forgot that I was meant to tell you a quote, <laughs> is telling people they can't be sad because others have it worse is like telling people they can't be happy because others have it better. And I think it just, I heard it during the, you know, wow. maybe the first week of shutdowns where I felt like, you know, our cafe had closed, we'd lost a lot of income, but other streams of income online were booming. And I felt bad that I had work and I was sort of comparing my adversity to others and then feeling crap if I felt crap because then I was like, you should be feeling good because you've got a job still, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we just need to let go of that. Let mm -hmm. go of comparing. Everything is relative. Your experience is what it is. You'll never restore yourself to feeling okay about it if you're always beating yourself up and you're mean girl. 
is crawling <laughs> back into your mind. And then the other thing is that, you know, I think uncertainty is inevitable. It's like the one certain thing that will always be there in different degrees. And this is obviously an extreme degree, but discomfort is usually the best grounds for any kind of revelation or growth or development. I don't think I've ever really grown out of feeling just super comfortable and chill and coasting. It's always been when things of, you know, shit's really hit the fan and you go through a huge amount of angst and you let the discomfort wash over you. But then as you slowly start to put the pieces together, there's always, always a learning or a silver lining that you'll pull out if you look hard enough. So I think if you're willing to do that work and really reflect on what you can pull out of this, even if it's just to see how much better you feel when you slow down a little bit, all of us, I think, will gain a lot from realizing how much we're packing our lives too too much and, and then wondering why we were anxious and tired all the time. I think embrace the uncertainty, be okay with feeling crap for a little while, but then really try and pull out the lessons because there will definitely be one there. Oh, there is always growth on that other side of discomfort, always. And often it's, we can either like fight and resist through that discomfort. It's like a child chucking a tantrum or you can go, I'm going through a growth period. These are growing pains and I'm going through, like, I've got a lot going on right now and I'm kind of stretched at the moment. And Nick just said to me, literally just before this, he said, babe, you're just going through a growth spurt and you're being stretched and it's uncertain and it's all good because on the other side, there's the next level version of Melissa and we can resist it and tantrum our whole way through it or you can just embrace it, open your arms to it and move through it. And I think naming it is really powerful. Naming what it actually is because when you say, okay, I'm going through a growth period or this is an uncertain time, your brain can then rationalize, okay, well, this is just a period in time. And then you can say one of my favorite quotes, which is this too shall pass. And then on the other side of that is this next level version of you. Absolutely. And I think another version of this too shall pass is that everything is like in this life is temporary, the good bits and the bad. So that bad phase or that uncomfortable, upsetting phase, it will always finish. But then so will the good bits, which means that you have to appreciate them as much as you can as well. And if you, I think we try and really, we're creatures of habit, as I said before, but we, we are creatures of attachment and we really hold on to things. But there's just so much in letting go of that and being a bit more, the word that I, it sounds so woo-woo and so cliche, but I've really loved to sort of try and build myself around this word lately has been just surrender and holding so tight onto ideals and visions and plans and goals is just to surrender to have a year of surrender where nothing is going to turn out how you thought it was going to anyway. So you might as well just go with it and explore some random new things you never would have done before. And I think a lot of people are sort of waiting for things to go back to normal, but I don't actually think anything's meant to go back to normal. You're, you're not meant to come out of an experience like this exactly the same. You're meant to get rid of some of the things that weren't serving you and add some things that you didn't have before that will serve you better in the future. Absolutely. I think so many people are doing that too. They're kind of shredding, shredding all these commitments and obligations that they had in their to-do list. And it's like, oh, I have more time for this self-care and they're adding that in. And I think it's really beautiful. Like people that would never have probably even 
got on this more conscious or aware or health or spiritual path are realizing that these things are really important. And it's a beautiful time to recalibrate and to realign to what is true for you. And it is wobbly. I like to use that word. It's wobbly. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But something that I have written next to my desk here on a post-it note, it says, nothing is worth stress. Nothing. Because I don't know about you, but I tend to like do a little bit of stressing sometimes. And this is just right next to my desk here. Nothing is worth stress. Nothing. And it's underlined twice. Nothing. Because nothing, no matter like your inbox, your email inbox, the to-do list, like these things just aren't worth your stress in the big scheme of things. What is the most important is our relationships, connection, helping each other, supporting each other, serving each other, being there for each other. Like at the end of the day, if we don't have relationships, like sure, you can still write books and launch podcasts and stuff, but like who's going to listen to it? You know, who's going to buy the books? Who's going to be there to cheer you on and go, well done and celebrate with you? And, you know, that's the most important thing is I've been truly reminded of that during this time, just how imperative our relationships are and the to-do list, the email inbox. It's just not worth the stress. Totally. Another one I love with that is what I call the five by five rule. I mean, I don't call it that. Someone else called it that, but (laughs) I'm just going to borrow it. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't worry about it for more than five minutes. And it stops me in my tracks when I'm getting carried away with something and realize I'm giving so much energy, which is finite already. And we already don't have enough for the things we do care about to steal from those and put it into something that's not going to matter to you you know, five minutes from now, let alone in five years' time, is just such a wasteful distribution of your energy, which is so precious. So that really stops me when I'm like, what am I giving this time? You know, why am I giving my precious resources to something that's fleeting, really? Totally. I love that. Will it matter in five years? Will it matter in five days? Will it matter in five hours? And most often the answer is no, it won't. Like really, it won't. And Nick always says to me, like one of his favorite sayings is, it doesn't matter. He's like, babe, it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that that went out with that wrong link or that happened. It just doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Life is so precious and so sacred. And we have no idea how long we are here for. No idea. None. And so we may as well make the most of it. We may as well see the people we love, have fun, laugh, go to the beach, dance, do all of the things, have baths at 11.30 a.m. if we want to, because we just don't know. So true. Our time is so finite. And I was speaking recently to, do you know Elle Halliwell, the journalist? No. So she was diagnosed with leukemia without any symptoms in the same 48 hours that she found out she was pregnant with her first child. And her reflections on what happens when you confront the fact that your mortality could be, it could run out tomorrow, it could run out in 10 years. We're actually, without cancer, we're actually all in that position where you don't know how long you have and you never, no one will look back on their deathbed and think, I wish I worked more. I know. I spent less time with the people I love. No one will have those thoughts or regrets, but they will have 
wishing they spent more time doing the things that mean so much to them and that make a meaningful life. And you just never want to get to that position where you didn't give the people and the things you love and care about the most that you could. Sarah. <laughs> you started me on this journey. Oh. Ever grateful for the way you have opened me up to the woo-woo, the self-work, <laughs> the the reflection and the the work on being able to orientate yourself and make conscious choices over the direction of your life and your happiness rather than just being on autopilot and then that only leads you to bad places, to burnout. We both have been there, to mental and physical burnout. And it's just not worth it. No, nothing. See the post it says. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is worth your stress. Nothing. Yeah, this is all such beautiful, powerful reminders. So many nuggets of wisdom. Thank you for sharing. You are such a light in the world. I love having you as one of my soul sisters. I've loved watching you butterfly over the past five years into the beautiful, confident, powerhouse wife you are now, which is so exciting. Oh, but it's so beautiful to watch you and you are helping so many people. You are such a goddess. You are such a trailblazer. Thank you for all the work that you do in the world. And thank you for being one of my dear soulies. Oh, thank you so much, my love, for everything you have done to help me get there and open me up to from a very close-minded, structure-loving, certainty-orientated person to this whole world. I mean, you were there for the first of almost everything I've done, the first speaking gig, the first. I remember interviewing you for my, I think it was maybe the first time I interviewed anybody when your first book came out. And it's, yeah, you're... My first wellness event was with you. My first so many things on this journey have been with you and under your guidance and with your patience and wisdom and it's helped form the journey so strongly. And it's so weird now to think that now when I interviewed you for your first book, it never, ever crossed my mind that I might get to write one later. I know. It's just a, yeah, I think our relationship is a really lovely reminder to everyone of how much can happen in such a short amount of time when you really surround yourself with people that elevate you and, and open your mind to new things. Oh, baby girl, I love you so much and I wish I could just squeeze you. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for being here, my darling. Oh, thank you for having me, my love. Isn't she a ball of love and energy? I love being around her. I love talking to her. She's one of those people that whenever you leave her presence, you are left elated. You're left uplifted. And that is such a gift and one of the many reasons why I love that beautiful woman. I got so much out of today's episode. I feel super inspired and ready to uplevel every area of my life. And if you loved today's Power Chat with Sarah, come and tell me on Instagram. You can also hit subscribe and leave me a review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And don't forget to come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. And for everything that Sarah and I mentioned in today's show, you can check out in the show notes. That's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 359. 
And if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.